Welcome, everybody, to the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. Emily Langpaul, I'm so excited for this episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Emily's my co-host, in case you're new to the podcast. Uh, how are you, Emily? I'm great. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. Uh, and we have a very special guest today. Very special. My dear friend, Michael Hurst. Hello, Michael. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was succinct. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard that from you before. Wow. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. So Michael is married to Cheryl. Yes. Uh, Michael is the father of two fantastic young adults. Yes. Uh, Michael and Amari. And uh, tell us about, about you. Who are you, Michael Hurst? A child of God. Nice. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is it. Boom. Yes. Uh, you have, you and I have known each other a long time now. Long time. Yeah, how long is it? How long do you think it's been? 25 plus years. Man, oh man. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been through some things. Oh my God, we have. Yeah, good things, bad things. Uh, so we, we've weathered storms for each wow. other. Mm-hmm. Um, in in some of my uh, most trying times, Michael, you have been there for me. So I consider you um, a, a great, great friend. And we get to be in a men's group together too. Yes. We meet every Friday. Um, that is good. Yes, uh, it is. And we'll talk some more about all these things as we go. But Emily has some questions for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And these these questions are directed to you, but they're kind of directed okay. to both of us. So we're we're gonna we're we're because we're kind of together on this. Yeah. M- Michael and I are kind of a our team hearts here. are knitted. Our yes. hearts are knitted. Yes, they are. The 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 scripture from the Old Testament that says how good it is when mm. when brothers come together, right, in harmony and as one. Yes. So. Have at it. Hit us with your best questions, Emily. Two-minute drill. Oh, I forgot. It is time. Two-minute drill. The two-minute drill. It's official. It's a thing. It's a thing. You're on a timer. Okay. There'll be a bell. Yes. Okay, first question. Uh, Michael, where did you grow up? What's the story of your childhood? I grew up uh, in Detroit, Michigan. Hmm. Um, And what a childhood I had. Uh, By it being Black History Month, I just got to throw this in. Um, when I grew up in Detroit, uh, they had a red line where only, um, African Americans could live. So I was young and I knew something was going on, but I didn't quite know what, Mm. Mm. but, um, you know, as I got older, just growing up in Detroit, uh, the riots happened two places, uh, Watts, California Mm -hmm. and Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. And right after the riots, my life changed completely. And you were you were there living in Detroit. I was living in Detroit on the east side, which where all people of color lived on the east side. But west of Woodward Avenue, only white people live. But after the 1967 riots, then they took away the red line. And we were one of the first, I think the third black family to move on the other side of Woodward Avenue. Mm-hmm. Wow. So growing up in Detroit was like um, almost a culture shock because I went from an all-black neighborhood to an all-white neighborhood. So so when you're doing that, Michael, you, you're growing up in this environment with all these with, with, with all these different things shifting. Yes. Uh, the riots, yes. The, the, the changing lines. Uh, what kind of an effect did that have? Is it the kind of thing that you noticed it while it was happening, or or like me, you know, you're a kid and all these things are happening, and you just think, well, that's life, that's yes. that's normal. Yeah. And now you look back on it. Wow. So as you look back on it now, what do you see? And we're going to blow through this two minutes because wow. this is too good. Wow. Uh, you know, back then I was young. I was eight, nine. All I wanted to do was play. I didn't mm-hmm. care what color you were. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to play. I didn't you're know. A kid. Yeah, I'm a kid. I didn't know black, white. 
I just know play. Yeah. And But the older I got, the more I start seeing how the black-white card was really very paramount in my growing up. We're all such a product of our environment yes. in, in so many ways. I yes. mean, we, we, we are what we live, we see, and either that influences us and we just repeat it all or we live it out or, or we say that's, that's it mm. or we break out of it. And, but it's still a part of our story. Yes. It, you, can never, you can never peel that away. No. Uh, for you, for me, for you, Emily, we're, we're, we're all what we are. Yes. I look back now about growing up on the north side of the city of Chicago, went to top, graduated from public high school there, uh, did all those things. And it's a, it's a very different environment. We're both big city kids. Yes. Then that's what we know. Yes. And now here we are <laughs> living in Des Moines, Iowa. Yes. Right? Yes. And so I think one of the things that's bonded us together, that's, that's knitted us together as brothers. Yes. For real, not just on some sort of no. surface thing. No, this is real. The the thing that's knitted us together is we, even though the world would look at us and say completely different. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, because I'm taller. Yeah. That, that's what they'd say. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's obviously it. right. That's it. <laughs> they might see some other things too. Sure. That would say, okay, you go over here, you go over there. Here's our line. Right. Culturally for you. Yes. We do share some things that are deep mm. because we both grew up in big cities, because we, uh, my high school had racial tensions that were peaked. I mean, just over the top. There were fights breaking out yes. all the time. Yes. They were almost always racially motivated. Um, I ended up in the midst of a, um, uh, on the wrong side of a street gang that was at our school mm-hmm. that went after me, ended up hospitalized, you know, physically Jesus. assaulted, all, all that kind of stuff. We, we grew up in that place. Yes. Uh, and that has a huge effect on on who we are, but I think it also brings us here. And so we get here, and we're like, okay, this is Iowa, where it's not the same, right? And yet, at the same time, we seek this. Yes, I mean, we we, we seek something that breaks down barriers yes. because we know how important that is from from where we've come from. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I think we're going to start preaching if we're not careful. Yeah, we man. Okay. I mean, this two is, preachers. Yeah. <laughs> We're cramming 25 years into two minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort we're, of hard. We're, 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 we're trying. Fascinating, <laughs> right. though. We got, and, yeah. that's, and that's just the warm-up for this next question. Yeah. Right, Emily? Yeah. Next question is, what was it like for you to come to Iowa? So, Iowa is 90% white and mm-hmm. 3.5% African-American. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Culture shock. And not only Iowa. Uh, I was telling the guys earlier, it was Burlington, Iowa. Yeah, mm. which is you know, it, so it, everybody's googling it on maps. Oh right my now, god! Right I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, on the Mississippi, right? Yes. over on the east. Yes, Southeast. short story. When We're I close first, to it. Yeah, when I first got my church in Burlington, Iowa, I couldn't find it on the map, and I was like, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> I couldn't find it on the map, so I called my dad and I said, Dad, uh, can you find Burlington, Iowa, on the map? Because we didn't have Google then; it was Atlas. And he said, yeah, son, wait a minute. And he found it. He said, oh, no wonder you can't find it. It's Highway 61. <laughs> it's not even on the map. Wow. And I just was like, wow. So, you know, getting here, uh, Burlington shuts down at 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Two things are open, the hospital and the 7-Eleven. So wow. in the beginning, I really had to be called by God. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, so... Emily, you said in your question, Iowa is by census 90%, give or take, white, mm-hmm. 3.5% African American, and then a mix of other things too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where you grew up in Detroit is the opposite, right? 
99% black. Wow. Mm. Yeah. It's like I only seen white people on TV, really. Huh. Not none in my school because they lived west. Yep. But mm-hmm. once we moved west, the culture shock was then I was like two of us. Yep. In the whole middle school. In between there, I know you're Big Ten educated, Michigan yep. State undergrad. Yeah. And then you went to seminary. Yes. Where? Colgate, Rochester. Yeah. Uh, the same one Martin Luther King went to. Mm-hmm. And I think he shaped a lot of my uh, ministerial views. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, Michigan State and seminary, y- y- it's, not, it- it's not racially, th- the demographics racially are not what they are in Iowa either. I mean, no. You're, you're no, still a- surrounded. Yeah, Michigan uh, State was probably 70 30. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And seminary was probably sixty forty. Yep. But yep. now you're talking about I didn't go to seminary till nineteen eighty eight. So your so your first call out of seminary, your first church mm-hmm. is Burlington, Iowa. Burlington, Iowa. <laughs> wow. From Rochester, New York, to Burlington, Iowa. Okay. So you're there how many years? Uh one. One. <laughs> I was that good. One really. <laughs> <laughs> I was that good. They say, you're too good for Burlington. You go to Des Moines. You're ready for the big city. And that's when you came to St. Paul's AME in Des Moines? Yes, in Des Moines. Okay. And that's that's where we met, which leads to our next question. Yes. You guys are great friends. Consider each other brothers. How yes. did you officially meet and build this friendship? Well, uh, Bill Sombrero was doing uh, a series on the fastest growing churches in Des Moines. And one week he did uh, this tall, skinny guy and another guy, John Klein, and it was called Lutheran Church of Hope. And when I read the article, uh, I seen a lot of my theological views in that article. And so then the next week, Bill Sombrero did St. Paul AME Church. And then ironically, about a week after that, John Klein called me and said, Hey, men, uh, you know, the senior pastor, uh, we really like what we read in the Des Moines Register. We need to meet. Mm. And I have to give credit to John. Yes. Uh, John Klein, my former colleague, uh, great guy. Yes. He, he's the one who initiated that yes. contact. And he even told me, he says, you, you really need to meet this guy. Yes. Mm. You need to meet Michael Hurst. Yes. Like, All right. Let's yes. go. Yes. Uh, and that was a long time ago, 25 plus years ago. Yes, it was. And it wasn't long after that. I mean, it w- it just clicked right away. And I right think away. you you mentioned it because we're we're both Jesus people. Yes. I mean, at, at our core, at our in, in our heart of hearts, that's the thing that drives us. Absolutely. And that's bigger than anything that would divide anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Our love for the Word of God. Yeah. Our our love for the Word of God is powerful. You were kind enough then. I think you invited me to come out and preach. Yes. At your church. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it was culture shock more for your congregation than it was for me. Yeah, because I from from my upbringing, I was used to it. Yeah, uh, at least on a certain level. But I don't think they'd ever heard a white guy preach. No, I mean I had to really sell you. They they crammed me into the room and they said, now, who is this guy? <laughs> and why is he coming? Can he preach? I was like, oh, he's really good and he's tall and, you know, he has a church. And they were like, well, does he have a tape of his sermon? I was like, well, no. I said, well, guys, just trust me. And boy, once you came, it, it's been a love affair since. Yeah, both ways. Yes. Yeah, then you came out now. You think that was good. 
then we invited you to come out and preach at Hope. <laughs> You, you, you never saw anything like it. No, uh, I mean because now everybody at Hope knows you. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody at Elam knows me. And, right, and because we hang out in each other's places. Yeah, uh, you know we're not strangers. No, but uh, back then, the first time you showed oh up, God. I, you know, the reactions were really fascinating. So some people, do you remember this, Emily? Were you around back I then? Think. It was, it know. was, it was, yeah, you're probably so young, or maybe you hadn't even started coming to Hope yet. Regardless, there were some people who were like, what? We don't, we don't understand. What is, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we, we just want to be isolated out here. Yes. Mm. That was a very small group, but after they heard you preach, the wow. place just lit mm. up. Yeah. I mean, I, I had people come in and say, where's his church? And yeah. Would it be okay if I go there sometimes? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's, we're on the same team. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That, was, that, was, uh, that was a fun start to a friendship. Yeah, it was. It was. That's great. Next question, a bit of a shift. Is there any real hope for racial harmony in our culture? Oh, now we're getting deep. Uh, Big question. Yeah. Yes. It's always hope, no pun intended, um, and that hope is birthed in the church. Yeah, mm. that's where the racial harmony starts. I believe in the church. Um, you know, Martin Luther King says he he loved that his he didn't want his kids to be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. He was a pastor, and 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 that was his view. Yeah. And you know, it's it's my view too. And um, I just think that we're all one in Christ Jesus, and that. I believe that the racial harmony must really start in the church. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we share that in common, too. Absolutely. Uh, but it, it's not easy. No. Well, let's just be honest. You be frank, I be earnest. The most segregated hour on Sunday morning is, wait for it. Come on. The church. That's it. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, why we love each other, we dare go against the grain. We say that that's, that's false. Mm-hmm. And that we can change that mm-hmm. through the love and acceptance of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that it's it's not I think there are two different kinds of, of prejudice. And when it gets uh more hate sprinkled into that prejudice it turns into full blown racism, right? Sure. One is uh malice and it's dark and it's evil. Uh they're both evil. Yes. Uh but that's that's one form of prejudice. Another form of prejudice I think is is uh it's born out of ignorance. Yes, absolutely. And it's people who just don't have don't. any life experience right. with something other than what they're used to. And if you aren't careful, then the world starts to teach you things that become a part of your worldview, which yes. is I'm going to be here with people who look like me, talk like me, vote like me, see the world like me, uh, and that's going to be it. And then that's going to be less than the life that God created us to live. Yes. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and that's, that's one of the big problems with it. Yes. Seeing those walls of ignorance come down yes. has been very um, – it's been one of the highlights of ministry, yes. I, I think, mm-hmm. and, and one of the things that we've been able to see together. And it doesn't mean it's all been easy. No, not there, at all. There have been moments where we see those walls get built, mm-hmm. right? And and people question, it's like, well, there must be some motive that isn't pure, right? right. They, they, oh, you you have this vision to, to, to come and do something together because you're trying to build your own kingdom or you're trying to do right. your own thing. And it's all right. We can't control what people say no, we and, and we just take it, right? And, and we just, we just, we just forge on. Yes, Absolutely. 
That's what it is. So to both of you, what is your shared vision for the church in this city? Hmm. Wow. Yeah, we've we've uh we've talked about this a lot. A lot. Uh it was it, it's organic. It's it's happened. It's not like we sat down and started a committee and said, let's come up with a, a vision. Mm. It was more uh, born out of this friendship that God's given us as brothers in Christ. And it's not just the two of us. Others are involved too. Absolutely. Other churches, other yes. leaders. Uh, I, I don't mean to suggest it's just it's just you and no. me. No, no. Um, but... We're in the we're we're in the middle of it. <laughs> you think <laughs> that's for sure, uh, and that vision. I think it was. It, it's had several you know chapters written as as we go, and it just keeps God keeps giving us something bigger. Yes. Uh, once upon a time, it was um, that we would share pulpits, and we would sh- we would have choirs come visit each mm-hmm. other, and we would we would you know be friends. Mm-hmm. And then that friendship developed to, well, why wouldn't we be doing some things together? Why wouldn't we be doing some ministry? And so then one church was born, and yes. and uh, we, we met uh, together on a regular basis yeah, and, yeah. and formed relationships. Some of those groups are still going still to this going. day. Mm-hmm. So that was a beautiful thing. Uh, and then somewhere around there, you also got this very specific vision uh, to go into the city and mm-hmm. to be the church and to rise up together. And to go into some of the the, uh, the 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 places in this city that are in the greatest need of the light of God's powerful transformational love. Absolutely, uh, we want to go where the poverty is most extreme. We want to go where the hurts are the deepest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's you. I'm talking about your vision, really. Yes. Maybe you should say more about that. Yes, um, you know, it, it's about the kingdom. And and that's how this is really birth of our knowledge of the word. And it's so many scriptures that said we're one, uh, we're better together. Uh, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God above all in all. He's coming back for one church. Mm-hmm. Even though we have various denominations, the kingdom is one. Yeah. Mm. And that's how this was birth. Uh, Matthew 6.33, seek ye first. The kingdom. It doesn't say seek ye first the church. Right. It doesn't say seek ye first a pastor. That's right. It says seek ye first the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as I followed Jesus, Jesus ministered to the left out, left over, left behind, the marginalized, stigmatized, and ostracized. Mm-hmm. And he took them from the lowest to the highest. And if you read the word of God, right after Jesus met a need, it says, and a multitude followed him. And so I said, wow, that would be great to, uh, you know, go into the city. And then um, I don't know if we want to talk about dad. I think we'll we save do. him. Uh, no, you, we you, do. Let's now, go. Okay. Yeah, we do. Now, we do. <laughs> now, you guys, uh, you guys got to stay with me here. Yeah. Now, we do have uh, the same father, just different moms, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, we did that at a restaurant. And I don't think that waitress is the same. Merv Thompson. Pastor Merv, uh, yeah. we jokingly refer to as our dad. As our dad. Uh, you know, both of us see him as a father figure. Yes. We both lost our dads. Yes. Uh, uh, over time. And we, yes. we've, we've stood with each other in those times too. Yes. Uh, you showed up for my father's funeral down yes. in Kansas City. Yes. Never forget that. Yes. And um, you were so supportive with my, I'm, well, all my life. You've been just so supportive, and 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 that's what I think people really need to know. 
we're past is but for real, what we've been through, yep. really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't see my life without you. Yeah. When, when I was, when I was uh, up against it and, and doctors were lined up at Mayo Clinic, yeah. I mean, they were taking a number. Yeah. To come in and tell me more bad news, yes, because turns out I was born with some stuff mm-hmm. uh, that I didn't know about till I was forty eight ignorance mm-hmm. was bliss uh, but when when it started showing signs that something was off, and then all of a sudden I'm at Mayo Clinic and they're mm-hmm. they're making it sound like this is not good this, this, this we need a short term plan <laughs> it's kind of what they're hinting at pretty strongly that's when you find out who you've got. Mm-hmm. And and I felt the support of this church in amazingly wonderful, huge, big, massive ways. But you also have to have your go-to friends, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have the people that that you know know you, uh, and you can you can you can just dial them up. Jesus. And that was that was two or three guys, and you were definitely one of those guys, and you know that. So I'll forever be. Uh, grateful for for the way you stood by me. At least we cry. Move on. And At least we cry today. We're not supposed to cry on a podcast because <laughs> I'm getting really full when you talk about and 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 I think everybody can feel that mm. when you're at your lowest point. Yeah, everybody knows there's only a few people you could really really call who got your back, and it fills you up. It just fills my heart up. So just hearing that, what we've been through, people have no idea when they, if they say, we're doing this for us. No, we're doing mm-hmm. this for Jesus because when we were at our lowest point, all we had was each other and Jesus. Yeah, one of, one of the things you told me, and it's turned out to be true because I'm still here, <laughs> and, and the yeah. diagnosis is really pretty decent now. Yes. Uh, you said, you know, no, God's still got yes. too, too much work for us to do. Absolutely. Together. And and. You you were so confident about that. I started to believe it. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, well, well. It had to be because God had knitted our hearts, and He had us on this path of ministry to bring glory to Him. And I know that I couldn't do that without you. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you told me the dire news, I said, "I don't believe that." Yeah. And you were like, "Why?" I said, "Because watch this. God made me a promise." Yeah. And because God made me a promise, you were just yeah. part of that. Now, my mom will probably watch this podcast, so I want to be really clear. The doctors say I should have a full life. I, I'm, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I don't, I don't oh, want to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, no. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I, we're all day to day. Let's yeah. face it. Aren't we all? Yeah. yeah. But but uh, you were there in, yeah. in the midst of it all. And I've been honored to be there uh, walking alongside of you and some Absolutely. stuff, too. But that takes us back to, okay, if there's this thing that we're supposed to be doing together that mm-hmm. God has designed for us that mm-hmm. he's called us he's called us to be friends for the sake of the friendship i right. think but i think he's also called us to be friends for the sake of the mission yes so uh we are we are now in a new chapter yes where uh hope is is moving to a new building in des moines yes and uh someday we'll have pastor john on here and we'll talk yes. about that in more depth but just the the short story on this for our deeper dive is as we wrap things up today Tell us just a little bit about the vision there, mm-hmm. that, that there would be, there's one building, this flagship mm-hmm. church building where Martin Luther King, when he was in Des Moines, that's where he spoke. Yes. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, when she was in Des Moines, that's where she, yes. she spoke, right across the street from Drake University. Yes. So excited about that. Uh, one building, but uh, it's also a place where, well, you take yeah. it from there. And that's where dad came in uh, when I told him about, you know, where we were going. 
Then he said, well, why don't you go to a place in Minneapolis called Urban Ventures? Yep. And I went up to a place in Minneapolis called Urban Ventures, and faith became sight. Yep. I really seen exactly what God was calling us to do. And remember, when I got back, I was like, man, we got to go to lunch, and I mapped it all out. It was um, just a one-stop shop. And I seen crackheads and alcoholics and prostitutes just walking in this place with Ray Reviews, and they were cleaned up because they were talking to other crackheads and other prostitutes. And I was like, wow, what is this? And Art gave me the the layout of how he was ministering to the left out, left over, left behind. So I took it back. So now we get to 25th and University, and I'm saying, wow. Why can't we have the same thing? He had nonprofits there. Uh, he had employers there. And they were all in one spot. He had a, 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 a plethora of space for youth. He had everything, and everybody was just flocking there. And uh, we had talked about it and talked about it, and then we came up with a plan, and we said we were going to go by the grub, over by the grub, and fix that up with the YMCA. And oh man, we had it all mapped out, didn't we? But then God showed up with a, mm. with a better idea, with a better idea. Yeah. And so now, what we have to do is continue to carry that out. I think that vision couldn't be carried out at 25th and University, where Elam. And Hope Des Moines come together to be the one church mm-hmm. where we have a school, mm-hmm. Joshua Christian Academy. Mm-hmm. We have other nonprofits, you know, FCA, JAPA, 515, all in one building mm-hmm. serving a community where we're trying to alleviate intergenerational poverty in the urban core of Des Moines. It's a big deal. It and, really and, and so much for the most segregated hour yes. of the week in in most churches. It, one of the neat things about going to Elam now is it's predominantly African American, but it's not completely African American. No. And coming to Hope, even out here in West Des Moines, yes, uh, we are much more multicultural, uh, multiracial than the rest of our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I praise God for that. I, I don't know if I could breathe without that Yes, uh, because the way you grew up, the way I grew up, just kind of bringing this conversation full circle, it's natural for us to yes. be in places where it isn't just all one thing or it's all homogenous right. and, and where we didn't necessarily have that because we're all human yes. and we have our sinful nature. I think God has been you know, pushing that back and challenging us and saying, yeah, knock down those walls in your own heart too. Yes. Um, and watch, watch what happens when you surrender your churches to me. Yes, and and what I want to do through yes. you and the witness I want to be for the for the Des Moines, Iowa area. Wow, to say that two churches could come together that aren't supposed to, right? Mm-hmm. And that they could, at a minimum, do ministry and outreach together, and yes. pray together, and serve yes. together, and have classes together, and yes. and uh, host a school together. Yes. And then beyond that, who knows? I mean, it it, it might be more. We'll, we'll see. Yes. We'll, we're not rushing it. We're nope. just taking it as God gives it to us. But it's a very exciting time. Very, very exciting. And the home run is, can you imagine even the rest of the country, if this goes out and they say you have this these two churches that merge mm-hmm. to look like the body of Christ in Des Moines, Iowa? Yeah. That is... That's a home run. That, well, that'll be a wake-up call for everyone. One of the things you and I often say to each other is we hold each other accountable, but also encourage each other, 
is that we keep it real yes. for each other. And a lot of times we'll be talking to be like, okay, now it's getting real. Right. Uh, and I love that because, because we can be honest with each other yes. and we can trust that. But the thing about this that's that's getting real is, and we're both pastors. We know we we come from, from denominational backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still in one. You were in mm-hmm. one, and now are non-denominational. But mm-hmm. here we are looking at this. We're we're not the same. We're not even you know. <laughs> you're not a Lutheran, and I'm not AME. No, and and I'm not Pentecostal. No. You're more Pentecostal than I am. Yes. Uh, although I uh, oh, it's in you though. It, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I wasn't yeah. quite sure how to say that. Yeah, oh, it's in you. But uh, if you ask some of my Lutheran friends, they'll say you're way too Pentecostal <laughs> right. uh, for, for me. But uh, so, again, not the same on paper, and and not just the world outside of the church, but the church world would say, okay, you can't do this. Exactly. Hmm. Because you're too different, and yeah. there's, no, there's no model no. for how this works, where ecumenically, mm-hmm. too, too different, but theologically, we're together. Right. Because we find Jesus is enough to, to to bind us together as one. Thank you. And, and that's the real part of it. So, I would rather be a part of a movement where we actually get to do it. Yes. Instead mm-hmm. of just talk about it or form committees or or have resolutions mm-hmm. and say, uh, you know, we are... We are standing together in unity as one, and then they both go back to their own exactly. their own camps mm-hmm. and do their own ministries and mm-hmm. do their own thing. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have less talk mm-hmm. about you know making statements and resolutions and more action and and and, and, do and more real friendship and real right. bonds and and finding that real unity in Jesus Christ. Make it. I'm, I mean, if we just keep it Bible, just think what happened when uh, Jesus said the Jews and the Gentiles were supposed to come to be one. Yeah. Look at all the rigmarole. Well, you're a Sumerian. You're a Jew. I can't talk to you. And <laughs> Come on. You, you know, we go eat. And when Paul, when Peter went to eat, you know, when his friends wasn't there, he was like, hey, I like the Gentiles. Yeah. Then when his friends showed up, he was like, oh, well, you know, I'll see you later. <laughs> and Paul was like, well, wait a minute. Weren't you just eating with them? Yeah. And so what we're doing, we're making uh, faith become action. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. And, and, I got to decrease and let God increase. Yeah. So whatever I got to do to make that, I got to get rid of my flesh for the flesh profits nothing and live in the spirit because the spirit, there's life. And that's what that neighborhood needs. That's what Des Moines needs. They need life, light, and life. Mm. Amen. Mm. Emily, I need to apologize, sister, because... We just turned this into a friendship yeah, talk. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it's entertaining. Uh, it's worth and, it. But thank you for your patience mm-hmm. with that. I do want to ask you as we transition to our close yeah. for your mic drop moment. Yeah. Uh, in this, the mic drop moment, Michael, is is just something that we learned in this conversation today. If 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 our ears are open to it, we're always learning something new mm-hmm. or renewing something old, um, and maybe it's articulated in a new way. So we like to. Since it's the Pastor Mic Drop podcast, we we decided it'd be a good idea to end with a mic drop moment. So Emily, yeah, uh, having well, having having not been able to get a word in, well, other than I'm your not, good questions, I'm not sorry about it at all. It's fascinating. It's you can feel that your friendship is is real, yeah. uh, and I think my mic drop moment was you're talking about supporting each other through tough times. Jeez. And Michael, you said in those tough times, you learn that you can rely on each other in Jesus, and. That's what united you too, mm-hmm. and that's what can unite all of us. And so I think that that's true for all of us. Wow. Uh, 
the, at the end of the day, at the end of the life, that's what you got. So yeah, that, move forward with it now. Well said. How about well you, Michael? Said. Did you have a mic drop moment along the way, something that stands out to you from this conversation? You know, the mic drop moment is just how close we are of implementing this one church concept of mm-hmm. turning Des Moines upside down. We are so very, very close, and um, I can't wait to see what God has for us. Yeah, that's it, and I'll just piggyback on that and, and take it one step further that you took it. That was my mic drop moment. When you said something I've thought about, uh, but you're, you know, people sometimes say, oh, you know, looking at me, you're, so, you're, you're a big dreamer. And I do, I guess I, I do dream big. Mm-hmm. God gives me big visions and I try to be faithful with those. But in my, <laughs> in my humanness, there are times where I'm like, yeah, reel that back in a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have this this vision and we talked about it on a on a earlier podcast that we want to broadcast the gospel of Jesus Christ to 10 million people in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that's through worship and mission outreach in Africa and beyond. It's through uh, videos and music and art and podcasts like this and others and social media. It's all those different ways. It's through the the youth and family ministries yeah. that Emily leads. Uh, that are drawing thousands of kids uh, to Jesus Christ and to the gospel already. Uh, we we believe that's going to be. We're not putting it out there like, oh, we're going to set up a lofty goal so that we'll at least take a step mm-hmm. toward it. We really believe we're going to see that, and that's really exciting. But you mentioned this is my mic drop moment. A vision that says, okay, so what we're doing together as one church, as two churches that are coming together as one, and really have been doing that for over mm-hmm. twenty five years. Uh, and inviting other churches to come be a part of it too, and other ministries, is going to be good for Des Moines. But then you said it can also be an example for for others in yes. other cities yes. and, and beyond. Absolutely. And I don't always see that. Absolutely. And that was good for me to be reminded Absolutely. of today. This is huge. That God has... God always uses ordinary people to do right. Because sometimes yeah. I hear that, I was like, "Well, shouldn't God get somebody who knows what they're doing?" I mean, nah. you do, I don't, nah. but but can't we get something? Uh, but He can use us because oh, we're us. we're willing. He picked us, and and we're we're uh, surrendered. Yes, and we've been through some stuff. Some stuff. Thank mm. you, Michael Hurst. All right. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. thank, thank you, you for joining us today. Yep. And thank you for uh, having me. Thank you for your friendship. Amen. Thank you for who you are. Jesus. Uh, and thank you for the gift you are to the whole church. Mm-hmm. Would you would you pray us out? We yes. uh I, I I I want you to pray for everybody who's listening mm. uh, and tuning in mm-hmm. and, and watching whatever they might be doing. Uh, because I think God's gonna give you a prayer that'll touch somebody's sure. heart. So let's close with that. Wow. Second Chronicles 16 says, your eyes run to and fro across the earth, looking for people who are doing things pleasing in your sight. So God, right now in the name of Jesus, everybody who tuned into this podcast, they're trying to seek you and hear about you. And God, once they do that, this is the part of the verse I like. It says, so you can show yourself strong. God, show yourself strong in our lives right now. If it's crooked, make it straight. If it's broken, fix it. If it's knocked down, God, pick it up. If somebody's sick, God, heal them. God, do for us what no other person or no other thing can do, God. 
You're looking. You're searching. You're anticipating. Give us a spirit of expectation, God, realizing if you are for us, then who or what can be against us? Because we're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loves us. We're an heir of God. We're a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. Show yourself strong to us, God, right now. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Michael Hurst. Yep. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to our studio crew, New and Pew, uh, the guys who rhyme. As always, uh, we really appreciate you uh, taking out some uh, of your time today. Uh, it's valuable, and we're honored that you'd spend some time with us. Uh, we've got some great podcasts, more, more heartfelt conversations about faith and life and the places where Christ and culture intersect. And we will see you again next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to the Pastor Mike Drop podcast. We would invite you on whatever app you are on to rate and review us to help get the word out. And in the meantime, if you can join us for worship, we would love to have you. We'll see you there. Oh,